This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is How Do You Do That with Emily Tresseter on Joy 94.9, the show answering the questions you didn't even know you had. This week's guest is Lindsay Green, the creator of podcast People Movers, a podcast all about escalators. We talk about how she combined her unique passion with the drive to refine her production skills to create a fascinating podcast, the community of like-minded people she found along the way, and the connective power of podcasts. I feel like a lot of people have interests that maybe they're really passionate about but aren't cool or aren't trendy that maybe they're a little bit embarrassed about and I was really genuinely excited about connecting with these people who I shared a similar interest in and just being like no like don't be embarrassed don't like hide anything away like give it to me tell me everything because I'm really obsessed with this as well and I think whether it's not it's escalators or whatever it is I think if you like something, then chances are there's someone else in the world, probably a whole community of people out there in the world who also are just as excited about the thing as you are. Lindsay tells me a little bit more about her podcast, People Movers. So when I first started the podcast, I started the podcast because I just had, I guess, an overwhelming obsession, for want of a better word, with escalators. I just started paying more attention to them and I had all of these questions about escalators and like how they work and how they move and how they do all these different things. So I was like, oh, I should channel all of these ideas about escalators into a podcast but then when I started making it the first episode was about how they work and the mechanics and the machinery and what makes them go up and down and all that sort of stuff and that was kind of cool but then also I realized that it was also pretty boring the most interesting part about that episode was the guy I spoke to I spoke to this man named Roger Haig who works for the escalator and elevator company Conne and he were had worked in the industry I think for like 30 or 40 years in just this really really specific niche field that he was an expert in and he was really passionate about escalators and I was really passionate about escalators and it was just kind of like a melding of ideas of these two people who had this like really unlikely interest in this really silly niche topic so that got me thinking oh hang on a minute maybe the podcast shouldn't be about escalators and how they work and what they do because we've kind of covered that off already and also it's really boring maybe it would be more interesting if I met more people like Roger Haig and more people like myself who have this really specific interest one way or another about escalators and talk to them about what they like about them or what they don't like about them that evolved into a podcast highlighting the tagline was highlighting the impact of escalators on everyday life and I tried to do that via people who use them or don't use them in specific ways and I did that for yeah probably a couple of years I got about I think 14 episodes out of it in the end which seems like a lot of episodes for solely escalator branded material yeah when I first started I was like well I really love these things but like who else would but then once I started doing it all these people just kind of came out of the woodwork and I realized that there's actually quite a lot of people out there who really really like them and I still get messages now even though the podcast is finished I got an email recently from a guy who works and lives in the UK similar to the Roger Haig story that I just mentioned who has worked in the escalator industry for a really long time and really loves them and yeah that we're all out there 
We're just waiting for waiting for an Escalator podcast to ask us to talk about it. Here, Lindsay tells me more about a specific family she connected with creating the podcast. A lot of the people that I met in the series use escalators in a different way from just like moving from point A to point B. So someone that I spoke to was a mum and her son who live in Wollongong. And the son has a severe intellectual disability and he is totally nonverbal and he really loves escalators. So every Sunday she, Shushi and her son Brody would go to a shopping centre in Wollongong and ride escalators for a couple of hours. And I just and I went with them um, to Wollongong to the shopping centre and rode the escalators with them. And just that something like an escalator could bring so much joy to someone and be such a crucial part of their life. Like I remember when I was interviewing Shushi and her husband Mark, she was saying that her husband Mark or herself had gotten a job offer to move to Orange in regional New South Wales and they didn't take the job because Orange is like a regional city and it's really flat so they don't have multi-storey buildings and they don't have escalators and escalators were such a big part of this family's life that they couldn't move to a place that didn't have them. just really loved that I, through the process of following this curiosity of mine, I was able to connect with people for this thing that you wouldn't expect to for example, when you're going to work or going to a shopping centre or doing whatever at a train station and you're on an escalator, you don't think about how other people are using them. But for some people, it's such a significant part of their life. And I found that that was really, really cool and made me appreciate them in a way that was more than just you're a piece of transport and you're getting me from the train platform up to the ground level. Lindsay learnt about how different people use escalators uniquely in their lives while creating the podcast. I asked her what it is about escalators that fascinates her personally. Oh, there's so many things. Like, I think one of the really cool things about escalators is that the technology is really, really simple and that it really hasn't changed at all that much since they were first established in, like, I can't remember the date off the top of my head, but I want to say, like, the late 1800s or early 1900s. Like, obviously, the technology has got a bit more refined, so they're probably a bit more reliable and obviously safer than they were back when they were first invented, but more or less, they're exactly the same, which I think is really, really cool, considering that everything that we have is always being modernized and updated. Like if it's not broke, don't fix it. They're just like a really excellent piece of technology. In the first episode of People Movers, we find out that Lindsay was particularly interested in an escalator she started taking during her commute to and from a new job. Lindsay talks to me about first noticing that escalator and why it piqued her interest. Yeah, I don't know if I paid that much attention to escalators before I started taking this one regularly that you mentioned. So what kind of tipped me off about that was that the escalator was in Melbourne Central and I was taking this escalator in peak hour, like morning and afternoon on weekdays. And whenever I would go to Melbourne Central on a weekend, like to go shopping or do whatever at Melbourne Central on a weekend, I noticed that the escalators went a lot slower. And that just got me thinking about like, why do they go slower on some days and faster on other days? And just trying to like work through that process. And then once I was kind of like more in tune with the escalator, I just started paying more attention to different things about like, where people stand, walking, how they kind of like the etiquette around escalators. How did it go from seeing these escalators, thinking about all of these different things that go around the etiquette of using them and whatnot, to making it into a podcast? 
So once I had all of these ideas kind of bubbling around in my mind, I at the same time was thinking that I would really like to work in podcasts one day. So this was back in 2017. So I was just obsessively listening to a lot of podcasts and really wanted that to be kind of the next job that I went into. And I thought to myself, no one's going to hire me to make podcasts unless I already know how to make a podcast. So it kind of both things were happening concurrently. I was having this obsession with escalators and I was also wanting to make a podcast about something to learn how to make a podcast. And it just seemed like a kind of natural fit to combine both of them. Some people have asked why it was a podcast that I used to tell these stories. Like why wasn't like, I don't know, like an Instagram account or a a blog or a video or something like that and it wasn't anything to do with escalators that I felt lended itself to podcasting as a medium it was more that these two ideas came together at the same time and then once I decided okay I'll make a podcast about escalators originally it was going to be (laughs) I thought that I would pitch the idea for a singular episode to a to an American podcast, 99% Invisible, because I was listening to a lot of that at the time, and the podcast is all about noticing things in the built environment and appreciating them, which was the kind of vibe that I wanted to go with. But then once I started writing that pitch for 99% Invisible, just realised that I had way more ideas than for a single episode kind of also crystallized as well that it should be a short run series rather than a singular episode and then what I think I did was write down just a massive brainstorm brain dump of every single idea that I've ever had about an escalator ever so like the things that I've already mentioned like why they slower on weekends and faster on weekdays how do people use them where do people stand do people walk do people wait and all of that sort of stuff and then started grouping them into ideas for different episodes And then the podcast kind of took shape around all of those ideas with at the same time people contacting me as well and telling me that they had stories about escalators. So incorporating both sides of that. Lindsay created People Movers because she was fascinated by escalators and really wanted to work in podcasting. I asked her more about what it is about podcasting that caught her eye. I feel like Emily, you just asked me to summarize like my true purpose and being in life. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. Um, I don't know. I grew up just in love with radio. So I've been in love with radio forever. And then first started listening to podcasts, I guess when everyone started listening to podcasts, or most people started listening to podcasts in 2014, when Serial came out. And then in the years since have just yeah nosedived into listening to them religiously and I don't know it's hard to put my finger on what it is about them but probably the sense of companionship I guess I get from podcasts particularly the ones that I listen to regularly so in the early days that was like American podcasts like Reply All and the podcast is still going and uploading episodes regularly and having that kind of social connection that you can rely on every week or every fortnight made it feel as if you were hanging out with a group of friends and I was in the early days listening to these podcasts and having these like really strong attachments to these people who were just like talking at me once a week or once a fortnight and I remember just thinking to myself like this is so powerful I guess and this is having like such an emotional connection to me surely there are other people out there who are feeling this way and also on top of all the emotional stuff there's also like 
the learning and access to, I guess, a form of education that's really accessible in a way that I was exposed to a lot of topics and hobbies and interests that I probably otherwise wouldn't have access to. So yeah, I guess I just kind of fell in love with them and decided that that's where I wanted maybe not the rest of my life to go but at least the next couple of years (laughs) well I mean that's so beautiful that feeling of camaraderie and like friendship and kinship from listening to people talking I think a lot of people when they're creating podcasts want that feeling you know they want listeners to feel involved even if they're not actually involved Mm -hmm. so then you were looking to recreate that for other people yeah I guess so I guess to a lesser extent with people movers because it was to begin with at least a bit of an experiment to teach myself how to make podcasts but I definitely wanted to create a space for people who had this niche interest that maybe they felt a little bit silly or embarrassed about to I guess have a platform or have a space to know that someone else thinks it's as cool as they do. Has People Movers been a good stepping stone for you to get into that industry that you wanted to to get into? Yeah absolutely so I started the podcast as a way to learn how to make podcasts so I could get a job making podcasts and Luckily, I was able to get a job around this time last year producing podcasts full-time. So I am really grateful for that. And I don't know if that would have happened if it weren't for making the podcast on my own, not necessarily because it's the best podcast in the world, but more so because I think it demonstrates a level of passion and dedication and curiosity that probably stands out to employers. But more so than anything, like I did start the podcast as a way to learn how to make them and to hopefully get a job out of it, but also just the personal benefits that I have gained from making the podcast, which I didn't really set out to achieve but have just kind of happened naturally through producing it so just kind of my own sense of self-confidence and belief I guess in myself as a producer is just phenomenally different to what it was when I first started a couple of years ago. Did Lindsay have any production or podcasting qualifications before she started People Movers? I studied journalism at uni, so from 2013 to 2015 I was doing a Bachelor of Journalism and then did my honours degree as a radio documentary as well, so I got a bit of experience there and then volunteered for a couple of years in community radio and also within that presented co-presented my own radio show about online dating so that was a bit of experience that I used to guide me I guess in the early days of people movers to how to just do the basics of like interviewing and cutting audio and that sort of stuff but then in terms of the podcast production skills as opposed to making a live music radio show or whatever it is kind of learnt by just like listening to a lot of different podcasts and not necessarily copying but I think (laughs) there's probably elements that I borrow from some people that I was inspired by. (laughs) Lindsay listened to a lot of podcasts herself and was a big fan of the medium before she got into creating podcasts. I wanted to know what she would tell someone who had an idea like hers that was thinking about creating a podcast. I think I would tell them first to have a big brainstorm and work out if there's enough there to really support a short-run podcast series, whether that's four or six or eight or ten episodes if it's the kind of style of podcast that people movers was which was like narrative storytelling with interviews and each episode was kind of based around a different theme 
a bit different if you want to do like a weekly podcast where you, I don't know, interview a different comedian every week. They're, they're kind of a bit different. If you're wanting to do something that's a bit more narrative based around a particular topic or a theme or an event or an idea, just kind of have a big brain dump of every single thing, idea that you've ever had about that topic just to work out if you've got enough there to sustain it. Because I think that if you are doing something like this, it is a labour of love and you need to know that, one, you have the motivation to keep on going with that when it gets more difficult or you kind of lose a bit of motivation or whatever it is. And also you need to know that if you start a podcast, like you get someone to design an artwork for you, get a page on Apple Podcasts, you do everything you put out two episodes and then you're like, oh, actually, I've run out of ideas now. Well, I guess the podcast is over. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess like figuring out that you've got enough there to work with. I think if you've got enough there, I would probably recommend working backwards from your finished product. So if your finished product is six episode series about, I don't know, apples, because I'm looking at an apple right now, picture what that podcast series looks like what are all the different elements that you need to go in to make a six episode podcast series about apple so you'll probably need well you need a name you'll need artwork you'll need probably some experts to speak to probably somewhere to record it maybe you'll need a microphone maybe you'll need audio editing software just kind of brainstorm all the things that you think you need to know or include or have to be able to make a podcast and work backwards from your finished product to be able to give yourself a bit of a to-do list moving forward. And a really great thing about making podcasts now and where we are is that a lot of these resources exist online already. So if you've never made a podcast before, there are so many websites that will tell you all of these different steps that you need to hit to get that finished six-episode series about an apple out there in the world. So I think that if you have an idea and you want to turn it into something, you should figure out if it's a sustainable thing that you have the motivation to want to do. And then I think if the only thing standing in your way is access to resources or knowledge about how to make a podcast or kind of self-belief about, oh, should I make it? Should I not make it? Do I have a place in this? Like, I think that all of that can be overcome. If you have a really cracking idea and you're really motivated to do it and you're passionate about it, then I think that all of the other things can be worked out or worked on. The most difficult thing, I think, is one, coming up with a good idea and two, having enough passion and motivation to actually turn it into something. So I think if you've got both of those things, then everything else can be overcome. From personal experience, I know that podcasting is a lot of work. I asked Lindsay if she was always motivated while creating People Movers, and if that passion ever waned. Yeah, I was definitely always passionate about it. My struggles with making the podcast never originated from not being excited about the content or not loving escalators. Like I loved escalators just as much as now as I did in 2017 when I first started it. What I struggled with was a couple of things. One was incorporating it with working full-time and doing this podcast outside of work and making the time for it. And also just like going through periodic moments of burnout where, where I just like was burnt out with like a lot of different things and the motivation to make the podcast 
waned a lot because the motivation to do anything <laughs> creative or otherwise waned a lot. So I think that that was a large, a large reason why I finished doing the podcast as well, not because I don't love escalators, but because I wanted to bring as much passion and motivation and authenticity to the process as I could, as I did in the beginning. And I don't know if I could have, I guess, like willed myself to continue making it when I wasn't as jazzed up about doing it as I once was. Speaking of being jazzed up, Lindsay Green definitely was jazzed up during particular moments of creation of People Movers. What was one of the coolest moments she recalls during the podcast's creation? I think one of the moments that was most cool in the process of making the podcast was at the end of 2018. I travelled to <laughs> I travelled to Hong Kong to ride the world's longest outdoor escalator system because sometime in the middle of 2018, I don't even know how I found out that this escalator existed. Maybe somebody told me or maybe I Googled it, but I came to know that the world's longest outdoor escalator system was in Hong Kong and I was like, oh, well, I want to go on a holiday at the end of the year. I might as well go there. I've never been to Hong Kong before. I'll go there and ride this escalator and like make an episode about it. And through the rest of the six months between making that decision and actually going, I did some more research and found out that there were surprisingly more things to do in Hong Kong than just ride this escalator. And I actually ended up having the most incredible time and I love the city so much and I can't wait to go back there one day. But the first time that I rode that escalator, it was really cool because, I don't know, I guess it's like for me, I built it up in my mind for six months and I was so excited and I think that it's like a really phenomenal piece of architecture and technology and transport but for everybody who actually lives in Hong Kong it's just like oh yeah well of course we have an escalator running through the middle of the city what how else would we get places so it was really cool to ride that escalator first time for the first time and I just felt like I want to say I felt like a little kid but honestly this happens to me like every single week whenever I take a new bus or a train route or somewhere I was just like standing on the escalator like looking around waving my head around trying to look at like every single thing and not miss anything and I was just so excited to be on this escalator and then eventually I spoke I was supposed to interview her when I was there but didn't end up happening so I spoke to her when I was back in Australia this lady named Kathy Law who has lived in the same apartment building for like 40 years or something. So she's seen the, her neighbourhood before and during and after the escalator. And just speaking to her about impact that the escalator has had on the neighbourhood and how it's both good because it makes it easier to get around in Hong Kong because it's quite hilly and for older populations, obviously, it's easier than walking up hills. But then also it's made it more accessible for expats to open bars and restaurants the areas become increasingly gentrified so there's kind of two sides to it but for the first time that I was riding this escalator after booking this silly holiday to Hong Kong on a whim just to ride it I was like yeah this is really really cool so worth it <laughs> yeah it was how many times did you ride it? Just the once? Oh, like every day. I was there for a week. I probably rode it every day. <laughs> nice. You got to. When, you, you know, you've got to. When in Rome, they say. <laughs> yeah. Here, Lindsay shares with me one of her favorite pieces of escalator trivia that she learnt while making people movers. 
So the first escalator installed in Victoria is, was in the Manchester Unity Building, which is that really beautiful Art Deco building on the corner of Swanston and Collins Street, opposite the town hall. At the moment, there is on the ground level, I think there's a dentist and some other retail stores, and you can still go in, like go into the foyer, and the same wooden escalator is still there. And on the day that it opened in 1932, there were 30,000 people who showed up to the opening. I think is just the most phenomenal thing that I heard when I was making the podcast because I can't even imagine 30,000 people showing up to anything in 2020. <laughs> well, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not now, but like yeah. I can't imagine anyone at 30,000 people showing up thing besides the sporting match in 2019 and to think that there were so many people who had shown up to an escalator opening in 1932. I don't know if they do the tours at the moment or probably definitely not at the moment but once they start doing the tours again the Manchester Unity Building tours I would highly recommend going on one I went I went on this I went on the tour twice because it was so good and they take you through all the building and tell you all about the history and the escalator and it's very very good I'd highly recommend it Okay, so speaking of fun moments and and moments like that, creating the podcast, we spoke about how it kind of was also like a really practical thing for you to sort of skill up in in podcasting and try and get into producing podcasting, which is what you wanted to do. Was there a moment when the podcast was out or when someone got in touch or, you know, maybe it was Bodhi in Wollongong where you thought, yeah, this was a great idea and I'm really glad that I'm doing this? Yeah, I think I probably, Bodhi and Wollongong, I think that that was the first time when I realised, like, oh, hang on a minute, this idea that I set out with, that people use escalators in interesting ways, it's actually true. Like, I made the podcast with that kind of in mind because I knew the impact that escalators had on me and I just kind of, like, hoped for the best that they had an impact on other people. But when I got that message from his mum, Shushi, I was like, oh, it's actually true. And then now whenever I get messages from people, if it's on Instagram or an email, it doesn't happen that often anymore because the podcast is not that active. When people find it and they tell me a story of how they have worked in the escalator industry for 40 years or I had this accident on an escalator or have you seen this escalator and they'll send me a picture of something, then that is really, really cool. It makes me realise that that hunch that I set out with when I first started it, that I was pretty much on the money. Also, I guess it validates that feeling that you have about podcasting, which is that it sort of is a connective medium. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I've really thought about it like that. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. It is nice that what I get so deeply from podcasts, maybe other people get it from mine as well. That's nice to think about. (laughs) It is nice to think about. Absolutely. I learned so much talking to Lindsay and it's so cool to have first-hand accounts of a number of different people all around the world connecting through shared interests and podcasting as a medium. I asked Lindsay if she would bring back the podcast. She said probably not, but there are a couple of exceptions. I'm still really keen to do a story about someone who's never ridden an escalator and also a couple who has met on either an escalator or an elevator. So if anyone is listening and you fall into one of those categories, please do get in touch and I'll bring the podcast back for you. Wow. (laughs) That's exciting. (laughs) Very specific, but I'm sure that they're out there. You can check out the podcast by searching for People Movers on your usual podcast channels. You can also find out more about Lindsay and the podcast through the Instagram account at People Movers Podcast. Thanks for being on the show, Lindsay.
Thanks for listening to another episode of How Do You Do That with Emily Tresseter. If you think you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, get in touch. Email howdoyoudothat at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.